You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ups and downs, peaks and valleys, disappointment and then excitement. That's the epitome of this season for the Sacramento Kings and life as a Kings fan. For the past few months, the Kings on pace for a 40-win season, something none of us predicted, all of us wished for and would pay money for at the start of the season, especially with the fact that Las Vegas thought the Kings would be only a 25-win team. The fact that the Kings have a chance to be 40 wins by the end of the day is fantastic even though we now know for sure, mathematically, the Kings have been eliminated from the playoffs. But they didn't let that be the sour note that we'd start our Monday with. No, they defeated the San Antonio Spurs in San Antonio on Sunday, closing out the five-game road trip and doing something that they have never, ever done before in the history of the NBA. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Locked on Kings. This is your daily hub for the Sacramento Kings coverage each and every single weekday that you can ask for and that you yearn for. If you're looking for uh, in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with all the local and national experts, this is the place for you, and I hope you are listening on one of our many fantastic apps, especially the Himalaya app. If you haven't checked that out, do it right now. Listening on Himalaya helps us out a lot. It's also the easiest way for us to get this podcast to you. If you listen through iTunes, Spotify, regardless, uh, thank you so much for choosing to listen here to Locked on Kings here today and every day. If you are new, welcome. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm from Sports 1140 KHDK. That's the flagship radio station of the Kings in Sacramento. I work there as an on-air host and a multimedia journalist and reporter. And uh, I thought it was going to be a little bit of doom and gloom today. I honestly, uh, Kings lost to the Pelicans to end our week last week. And if you haven't heard Friday's episode of the podcast, I talk a little bit about that loss and the disappointment from that loss. And then I talk it uh, and go in detail about um, my theory or the the theory presented to me by one of my coworkers, Carmichael Dave, uh, that Vladi Divac is trying to rebuild uh, the 2002 Sacramento Kings, but in the modern era. And uh, he's one piece away, which would be Nikola uh, Vucevic from doing that this summer. Uh, so if you haven't checked that out, go and listen to that podcast after this one. Also go to cagedk.com to read my full article of all of that. We're going to be revisiting that again this week. I'm going to try to revisit it tomorrow and have Carmichael Dave back on, and we can discuss in more detail how this revelation came about, and we can bounce it back and forth and, and go into a little more detail on that. So you can definitely look forward to that. But I was I was thinking, okay, we're going to start this Monday on a little bit of doom and gloom because the Kings go into a weekend where they have a very difficult doubleheader in Texas, the Texas two-step, as Grant Napier called it, between the Houston Rockets and the Kings are notoriously bad against the Houston Rockets and the San Antonio Spurs team that has been absolutely on fire uh, for the last couple of weeks, really the last month. They are the ones that that pushed the Kings away from that eighth seed, kind of stiff-armed them down and put them in their place a little bit. Uh, and the Spurs are also notoriously, insanely difficult to beat at home. But even though they did lose to the Rockets on Saturday, no surprise there, They ended up beating the Spurs on Sunday. That was the second game of a back-to-back, and that was the day after they learned that they were mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. So, oh, not to mention the fact that they were playing without Marvin Bagley and Harry Giles. But I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll get to that game in a little bit. We'll start 
with the uh, the loss to the Houston Rockets. And this game is important. We're going to talk about this game a little bit more in detail than I normally would about uh, the first of a doubleheader and it being a loss because the Kings are playing the Rockets tomorrow in Sacramento. And Kings are looking to avoid being swept by the Rockets this season, something that uh, has, has happened to them far too often over the last uh, few years. The Rockets just seem to have the Kings number. The Kings struggle to guard perimeter-heavy offenses like the Houston Rockets have. James Harden absolutely eats the, the Kings for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, so hopefully they'll be able to learn quick lessons from Saturday's loss and apply them to hopefully Tuesday's win tomorrow. But the Kings end up losing 119 2-1-0-8. It was a great game for Bogdan Bogdanovich, and it was good to see him get loose and and, and really enjoy uh, his shot falling, coming off the bench. He really kept the Kings in the game uh, for a lot of this contest. 24 points on 8 of 14 shooting, went 5 of 7 from three-point range, and we have stressed so many times how important it is for Bogey to establish that outside shot to help space the floor and to provide that scoring off the bench, almost like a Bobby Jackson used to back in the day. 24 points off the bench. What more can you ask from Bogey and 35 minutes of play? Aurelia was a solid and consistent scoring night uh, for a lot of players. And Marvin Bagley got the start, which is something that many of us wanted to see. And in his start, he went 10 of 20 from the field, 20 points in 26 minutes, also finished with 12 rebounds. That's another double-double for Bagley. Compare that to Willie Cauley-Stein, who also got the uh, the start in only two less minutes. Willie Cauley-Stein only had six points and seven rebounds, and I know a lot of Kings fans are going to use that uh, as uh, more fuel to their anti-Willie Cauley-Stein fire. I don't think there's much left to really scream and yell from the hilltops about that. It's I, I feel pretty confident that Willie Cauley-Stein will no longer be a part of this team following next summer that the Kings will allow him to, to sign somewhere else and will not match any offer uh, that is thrown his way. Well, maybe some offers. If it's a low ball, then the Kings might try and get Willie Cauley-Stein on the cheap. If not, uh, if it's a medium to big sized offer, I'm sure they will allow him to walk because they seem to be just fine uh, with Marvin Bagley there. Still no word on Harry Giles. He's still dealing with that thigh contusion. They're, they're uh, taking things slow from what I have heard. He's just dealing with a lot of, of swelling in his thigh uh, and something that he just doesn't want to play on. He can't really put too much weight on the amount of weight needed for the physical kind of game uh, that Harry Giles tries to play, and we know his injuries history. Uh, we don't want him to re-injure himself, especially now that the the Kings are are playing games that don't have playoff implications. They're out of the playoff race. Well, it was really because of this loss that they fell out of the playoff race. He was just not good enough, uh, not ready to go. 18 points for De'Aaron Fox on 6 of 16 shooting. Also had 10 assists, so good double-double for him. His uh, distribution really over the last few months has been fantastic. I mean, that's one of the biggest areas of growth that Fox has seen this season. I mean, we talk about his three-point shot, which looks so much better. Uh, We talk about his ability just to, to score the basketball, how quick he is getting up and down the floor, but really his passing ability is something that has grown tenfold. And the best example that I can give you is, and of course, a lot of players struggle in their first ever games. Now, of course, there are anomalies. Some players like LeBron James in Sacramento uh, just come in and the NBA is just another day in their basketball lives. But oftentimes, especially for point guards who are the floor generals and the point guard position is the most important position in all of basketball, Sometimes you you hit a wall, and you remember, I'm not sure if you do remember, but uh, when De'Aaron Fox got his first career start, it was against John Wall and the Washington Wizards. It was a Sunday matinee game here in Sacramento last season, 
and John Wall absolutely punched De'Aaron Fox in the mouth. Not that De'Aaron Fox couldn't guard him. Well, he kind of couldn't. John Wall was was absolutely schooling the kid and teaching him a lesson. But the biggest difference, the Kings fell in a super early hole, and that was because they didn't really have good ball movement, and there wasn't really good organization to their offense, because quite frankly, De'Aaron Fox wasn't ready to run an NBA offense at that time. Now, he slowly grew into it, got better over the course of that season, and then made that fantastic jump that we saw into this season, and now consistently he is a solid distributor, someone that if he recognizes that he doesn't have it going, if his outside shot isn't there, if he's not getting foul calls, attacking the rim. He's doing a much better job getting his teammates involved and using his speed to open up his teammates' game. And that is tremendous growth from a point guard who's just 20 years old in their second year. Uh, imagine if that continues to grow, that what he can be as a distributor by the time he's reaching his prime at 23, 24, 25 years old. Very exciting stuff there from De'Aaron Fox, something that I've been very pleased to see. But all in all, we know this Rockets team, and who are they led by? Like I said, the Kings killer himself, James Harden, 50 points on 31 shots. I mean, the guy is not afraid to put the ball up. He shot 23 three-pointers, people. 23 three-pointers. He went 7 of 23 from three-point range. The fact that James Harden had seven three-pointers in a game on a bad shooting night, that's nuts. And that's what James Harden is, though. He just takes a high volume of shots. He gets to the line at freaking will. 18 free throws, went 17 of 18 from the line. Uh, it's, it's just ridiculous. And, and a lot of it is the the star calls that he gets, but a lot of it is also just how he plays. And I know it's some considered a very soft style of basketball, how he just kind of flails and he sells things. But, I mean, it's it's an element of the game that, I mean, we should know very well here in Sacramento from our glory days. Our general manager, Vlade Divac, was brilliant at it. Um, but it, 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 it works, and it allows him to open up his outside game by the fact that he can go by you and he can get to the rim. And a lot of times when he does get to the rim, if he doesn't finish, he's going to end up at the free throw line. That is a very versatile weapon that pisses you off but it's good to have on your team. He's an amazing player. Chris Paul, 22 points, 8 of 16 from the field. Also uh, had just 5 assists in this game. James Harden, I forgot to mention, uh, had a triple-double. He had 10 assists and 11 total rebounds. So a decent game in 37 minutes for the bearded one. Chris Paul is a tough guy to, uh, to work against. Now, Chris Paul is obviously getting older, but he's still one of the smartest point guards in the league. And one area that he is very proficient is in steals. And he finished with four steals in this game. De'Aaron Fox, three turnovers. Uh, so always lessons to be learned uh, when you're going up against the crafty, pesky Chris Paul on the defensive end. You also got 24 points from Clint Capella in 42 minutes. Clint plays a lot of minutes for Mike D'Antoni and for the Houston Rockets. Uh, and he uh, he certainly delivers statistically 24 points, 15 rebounds. Also had a couple of blocked shots, although I'm surprised, to be honest with you, that the Rockets are continuing to play their stars and their big-name players so many minutes at this point in the season. I know they're they're still trying to jockey for position in the Western Conference, trying to get the best seed that they have. They've already basically locked up a home court advantage in the opening round. But remember what has plagued the Houston Rockets over the last two years in the playoffs, the fact that fatigue is caught up to them. I mean, last year they were very close to knocking off the Golden State Warriors, but but that doesn't matter. Very close is not getting the job done, uh, and it was because Chris Paul went down with injury. Now Chris Paul has uh, is notorious for getting injured, unfortunately, at the wrong time. 
Uh, but also James Harden looked gassed. It's just something that has hurt the Rockets in the past, how how hard they've been playing and how intense uh, that they play and how many minutes their starters play. And this was no different. I'm surprised that D'Antoni continues to go with that. Maybe the players want that. But uh, 37 minutes for Eric Gordon, 17 points. P.J. Tucker played 35 minutes. Clint Capella, 42. Harden, 37. Paul, 30. Then you had Iman Shumpert off the bench, 17 minutes of play. Didn't score. Went 0 of 2 uh, from the field. But it was good to see Iman interacting with his... Uh, Old Kings brethren, the scores, of course, as Iman labeled them. Uh, it was good to to see and fun to see that interaction. Uh, he played 17 minutes, like I said. Austin Rivers, 19 minutes. Uh, House Jr., 19 minutes, and everybody else was DNP. I mean, you have a, your five starters playing that many minutes and only a three-man rotation coming off the bench. No wonder this team is gassed uh, come playoff time, but maybe that's uh, what they're preparing for. Maybe they're just trying to get all that stamina down and, and get as in shape as they can uh, for the long, long, long playoff road, especially if they have ambitions of going deep, which, of course, we know that they do. King shot 44%, 51% for three-point range, but we're back to uh, – a, a rough shooting night from the free throw line, 60%, 9-15, something that has gotten better recently, uh, but you, you you need to be doing better from the free throw line there. Not that that was really all the difference in the game. Houston ended up pulling away late thanks to a 28-15 fourth quarter. It was another instance of the Kings not scoring well in the final frame, and that's something that has hurt them really the second half of this season, but it's really flared up a lot during this road trip, the loss to the Pelicans. Uh, the the loss uh, earlier on in the road trip, and I'm forgetting who they opened it up with, with the loss. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers was another one as well. Uh, it's just one of those things that an issue that has arisen that the Kings need to address, and they actually did a great job of addressing it in this next game in San Antonio. So I for sure turned on this game, and and hours before the game started, we learned that Marvin Bagley wasn't going to be playing because he was ill, uh, and we knew that uh, we knew that Harry Giles was going to be playing because still dealing with that that thigh contusion. So there were not too many high hopes for this contest against the San Antonio Spurs, but we were all pleasantly surprised with the effort that the Kings gave. They were led by 26 points from Buddy Heald, 12 points. From De'Aaron Fox, he only had five assists as well. One of those things where uh, oftentimes De'Aaron Fox will supplement a rough shooting night with good distribution, and having only five assists on a bad shooting night certainly wasn't his best game by any means. Uh, but the Kings, it was a very good, balanced team effort. Harrison Barnes stepped up, made a, a bunch of huge plays, especially down the stretch. So did De'Aaron Fox, to be fair. Willie Cauley-Stein, I thought, had a fantastic game, mostly because of the, his free throws. He went 5 of 5 from free throw range, and uh, or from the free throw line, and, and two of those free throws came at the end of the game. Gotta have them buckets, and he knocked them both down. He finished with 17 points uh, and 6 rebounds, but look how many players were in double figures for the Kings. 7 total players, Harrison Barnes, 15. Bielitsa, 10. Willie Cauley-Stein, 17. Buddy Heald, 26. Fox, 12. Bogey, 15 off the bench. And then 10 for Yogi Ferrell off of the bench. The entire team stepped up. And that's what you needed to see, right? When you're missing two rookies and two important players in Giles and Marvin Bagley, who have provided a lot of scoring depth uh, and and are two guys that you run the ball through and, and give a lot of attention to and have a lot of importance. 
uh, coming off the bench with that second unit. The fact that everybody made up and, and stepped in and assumed uh, those roles I think is fantastic because there weren't any two players really that were going to have a major effect like Marvin Bagley and Harry Giles do uh, off of the bench for the Kings. I also want to give a lot of credit to Costa Kufos. He almost only finished with two points, but was a plus 11 on the game in 18 minutes. I thought he was fantastic defensively. He also rebounded the ball very, very well. In 18 minutes, he pulled down 11 rebounds. To put that uh, into comparison, in 30 minutes, Willie Cauley-Stein had six, and in 26 minutes, Nemanja Bialica had six. So for him to come in and post 11 rebounds and also do a fantastic job defending LaMarcus Aldridge was was amazing. Now LaMarcus Aldridge did have a great game, finished with 27 points in 35 minutes, took him 24 shots to do it though, shot 50% from the field. Uh, also finished with 18 rebounds including 10 10 offensive rebounds and I was sitting there watching this game pulling my hair out just begging the Kings to crash the glass. That's where Costa Kufos uh did a fantastic job uh, and well done by head coach Dave Yeager uh, to leave Costa in and recognize uh, the advantages that Costa was was bringing, especially in that second half. But I am okay with him leaving Willie Cauley-Stein in the game down the stretch, even when the Spurs were making their run. We've seen, how many times have we seen the Kings go on a run and then a team take a timeout led by a veteran coach? They come out of that timeout, they counter with a run of their own, and then they're either back on top or the game is back to even. That's what the Kings did to the San Antonio Spurs. They were up by double digits. Spurs went on a massive run, brought it to within one point, and then took the lead. Head coach Dave Yeager calls a timeout. Kings come out of that timeout. Defense is a lot sharper offensively. Their execution wasn't the best, and I tweeted this out last night. You can find me and follow me on Twitter, at MattGeorgeKHDK. Um, I tweeted this out that I thought the offensive execution still down the stretch is just not good. It's a lot of isolation play, bad spacing, a lot of Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox standing in one corner if Harrison Barnes is working or Harrison Barnes standing in the other corner while Buddy Heald or De'Aaron Fox are working. The ball movement is just not there, and the late-game execution offensively is just not there yet for this team to where the ball movement is fluid uh, and they're getting their best shot possible. However, like I said... Uh, Harrison Barnes and Buddy or and De'Aaron Fox stepped up big time down the stretch, along with Willie Cauley Stein hitting a couple of huge free throws. Harrison Barnes had a massive turnaround jumper uh, that created separation. De'Aaron Fox a floater in the lane that was basically the uh, the dagger, the nail in the coffin, so to speak. And uh, the Kings did a very good job addressing their issues, addressing their struggles coming out of that timeout, and I was absolutely thrilled by that. With this win. In San Antonio, with the 113 to 106 victory, the Kings have swept the season series against the Spurs. Two in Sacramento, one in San Antonio. This is the first time in NBA history, the history of these two organizations, these two franchises, that the Kings have swept San Antonio during a season series. And the fact that they did it without two of their best players, even though they're rookies, the fact that they did it on the second night of a back to back. The fact that they did it the night after they found out that they were eliminated from playoff contention where they could easily just coast through the remainder of the season say there's nothing more to play for, who cares, whatever. The fact that they did that, to me, speaks volumes for the growth of this team and the leadership that is already there and is established in that locker room. Seeds that were planted by Vince Carter, by Zach Randolph. Seeds that were planted by Iman Shumpert. Those seeds have blossomed into good young leaders like Fox, 
like Buddy Heald. I've said it before. I think one of the best areas of growth for Buddy Heald this season hasn't just been his his shot and his consistency as a starter. It's been his voice in the locker room and his leadership, both on and off the floor. That was pure leadership in that game. Also from head coach Dave Yeager and his coaching staff to say, you know what, we're out of it. Our season after the final game of the year is is done. We're not going to the playoffs, even though we had aspirations for it. But you know what? We have an opportunity to, to beat the San Antonio Spurs here tonight. We have an opportunity to end this road trip on a high note. And we have some shoes to fill with Bagley and Giles out. Let's get the job done. And they did. That's something that's great to see. Something that I really, truly am, uh, am proud of as a longtime supporter of this organization. And that's a milestone that I don't want to overvalue, but I don't want to undersell, if that makes sense. I mean, sweeping a regular season series ultimately means nothing. It's the playoffs where the job is done. Now, if you can sweep a series during the playoffs, good on you. And hopefully the Kings will be able to do that to some teams someday. But for the growth purpose and for looking at where this team has been trying to go and what they've been trying to accomplish from October all the way to now, there are a lot of different marks on a measuring set. I, I attribute it to, you know how a lot of parents will, on their forever home wall, they'll they'll keep a measurement of their child as they grow up and, and they'll write the date and the age of the kid and depending upon how tall they're getting. I attribute that to what the Kings are doing. Sweeping the San Antonio Spurs is now the, the utmost line. And then whatever the Kings win total by the end of the season will be just one notch above that. A notch below that is defeating the Oklahoma City Thunder a number of times this season. I mean, I think out of all the games that Thunder and the Kings played against one another, if I'm not mistaken, the Kings won all but one of them. I mean, that's pretty incredible. And those are both very good and established playoff teams. I would also put another notch as their their record at home this year and how well they've done to defend their home floor. How well they've done, for the most part, against the Eastern Conference this year. You know how important and how much I stressed that early on in the season. That's another notch on that. The Kings' growth this season has been monumental, and, and this win over San Antonio and the uh, the historic win that it was is just another uh, another reason for Kings fans to be very happy and, and very excited about this summer and the years to come. If you are looking for an in-home camera or security system, Wise Cam does it all. It's the indoor camera uh, that is packed with premium features that allow you to see everything from anywhere for only $20, 1080p full HD. Images are so clear you will not miss a thing. It also has night vision and two-way audio. Uh, Wise's mission is to bring amazing smart home products accessible to everyone. And why is that important? Well, if you are, I mean, just trying to check up on something in your home, if you have... 
uh, your your kids are at home by themselves, or if you have pets at home by themselves, or you just want to see how everything's doing, just to have that peace of mind of being able to have cameras in your home, and then you can access them from an app on your phone at any time. That is just extremely, like the relief that that allows. My wife and I have in- installed these, and they are so amazing just to have that relief. I check them probably once every few days, uh, just when either we haven't been home for a while or just to make sure things are going fine uh, with my two cats and my dog at home. It's amazing stuff that you can do with this thing. They also have free rolling 14-day cloud storage going on right now. No subscription fees or anything like that. Uh, it also has a live stream with an eight-time digital Zoom, so you've got to take advantage of it. Uh, for just $10 more, WiseCam Pan gives you 360-degree coverage in under three seconds. So rather than setting up a camera in each corner for each different room, you can set one up uh, in a hallway, for example, and it could spin all the way around so you can see all sorts of angles. That saves you money rather than having to buy a new camera for each room in the house that you want to put a camera in. Also has 100 degree rotation speed, 360 degree horizontal range, 93 degree vertical range. You can patrol your room with the pan scan at any time. It just can automatically patrol and look around by itself. I I consider it like those old bank cameras or James Bond movie type cameras, right? Where you lock into the feed and just pans back and forth and uh, people are trying to sneak under it and get through without being noticed. They won't be able to with these wise cameras in your house. If anybody's in your home, you will know with these things. They also have, like I said, the free rolling 14-day cloud storage for you to take advantage of. And if you have a smart home or like Alexa, it works great uh, with Alexa as well. So go to wise.com slash locked on NBA to get the guaranteed lowest price right now and get that peace of mind with wise camera in your home. We will be back tomorrow on Locked on Kings. We will preview the Kings and the Rockets in Sacramento on Tuesday. It's hard to believe this is the final week of Kings basketball here in Sacktown. Bittersweet to say, I should say this season. Uh, Of course, we know the Kings are going to be in Sacktown for hopefully the remainder uh, of time, but not too many chances left to go and see the Kings live if you haven't gotten the chance to already or if you want to get one or two more games in before this season comes to an end. Take advantage of that. I will be out there tomorrow and we'll preview that on tomorrow's podcast. I'll also do everything I can to have Carmichael Dave on tomorrow. We'll talk in more detail about uh, this, uh, our theory that Vladi Divac is going to try to get Nikola Vucevic this summer and complete his build of the 2002 or the modern day 2002 Sacramento Kings. Until tomorrow, my name is Matt George. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. <laughs>